The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. Another dub for the Sooners. We finished the season 10 and 2. We're going to talk about that as well as the fact that we don't have an offensive coordinator. That and more here on the Sooner or Later Sports Show. I'm your host, Jay. Thank y'all for pulling up here on the YouTube channel and listening wherever podcasts are downloading and listen to while you're here. Please wipe your feet, like, subscribe, rate, review. Give us five stars. You don't think we deserve it? Man, let's go ahead and give us five anyway and gift it. So on today's episode of the Sooner or Later Sports Show, I've already told you what we're going to talk about is the Sooners get the dub, knock off TCU, and we're going to dive into the fact that we don't have a OC. This Jeff Levy is now at Mississippi State, and we've got to talk about these recruits because a few of them have already spoken out based upon the fact that we are losing some staff. And there's a few coaches that I've heard may leave. Now, they may not be position coaches, but they are coaches of note. Hit us up on the Unfair Fan Line, 430-901-1906. You can also see the link in below in the description if you want to leave us a voicemail and tell us how you feel about Jeff Levy bouncing out. Uh, we'd love to hear from you all and hop in the comments and do what y'all do best. So let me bring on The Collective. We're going to talk a lot about this today. Gentlemen, happy Sunday. How are y'all doing today? We've got, of course, Jason from Hall of Fame, as well as our boy Coop, who is feeling a lot better than he was before. What's going on, gentlemen? Uh-oh, Jason. You muted yourself. Yeah, Jason muted himself. He did mute himself. He was uh, eating, so I didn't want to be too loud about it. He hit us yeah, with the chew button. Appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. Coop, man, how you feeling? Uh, it's been a, uh interesting 24 hours, right? Bro, it's been an interesting, like, I would have to say, like, two weeks. Uh, COVID and then pneumonia, and it's just not going away. So, yeah. But uh, I'm excited to be here because uh, I uh, spent the weekend uh, in the uh, the mountains and was hunting. And I uh, got to watch some football, hung out. It was uh, it was good. And I, I couldn't, I couldn't, no social media. I have no, uh, almost no cell phone service at all. So, uh, I just, uh, inundated with a lot of stuff as soon as I hit service and I was like, holy crap. <laughs> yeah. And that's, uh, I, I know that's always a fun time. So, you know, we got to talk through this or whatnot. We'll dive right into the game itself, right? Mm. We won y'all. We blast TCU 69 45 on senior day. We finished the season 10 and two. And, of course, we've got the regulars in the crib, which I'm very happy to see. we got Fatty. Fatty, I'm going to fight you, right? So so <laughs> you are choosing violence today. Um, you are choosing violence because you know we ain't getting no sleep today. We got – this is coaching carousel going down. Well, well, we know our coaching situation is right now, but coaching carousel, everything's going crazy. So CW Long was good. Thanks for pulling up. Uh, Coach Dent, yeah, you're right. A lot of people did get their wish, but guess what? think it's still a good thing man he gonna be out there in the state with you in mississippi you know so uh we gotta talk the uh, i'll shoot you a text a little bit later hank let the people know hank's the reg hit that like button topher we got a lot of good stuff to talk about we got a lot of stuff to talk about so we'll jump on that kim what it do what it do let's dive into this uh game one we won the game we cooked these boys and we did what we're supposed to do right I want to go around the table. I want y'all to kind of tell me how y'all felt about it. Jason, we'll start with you because, Coop, I know that you've got some good stuff all up in your system to talk about. But, Jason, how do you feel about that dub? I love the way uh, they came out attacking. I love the way they came out attacking on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, it's kind of what you wanted to see. It's what you seem to see, uh, kind of what we were talking about earlier, when they were at home. Um, you know, uh, it, you wish that you would have seen a little bit more of that on the road sometimes. But, uh, listen, uh, they uh, – you know, you came into it kind of expecting to see Jackson Arnold play, but um, Dylan came out there and balled out as as per the usual. You know, had another four hundred yard game. Um, you know, hey, I enjoyed watching him uh, on that side of the ball. There were some leaky stuff, you know, on the defensive end, but I also think kind of what we were talking about earlier, and I think you're right about it. It's just that you know, number one, TCU they put up a lot of offense too, and um, you know, you've seen some, a little bit of regression, you know, on that side of the ball, but 
particularly with the linebackers, I would think. But, um, you know, you, you did get to see more of Billy Bowman being Billy Bowman, which is always good. So Always a plus. Overall, hey, man, you put up 69 points. There's not a ton to complain about. You know, there's just not. Yeah, and and going into that, I mean, I mean, the biggest complaint people have is the forty five. But you know, me and you, Jason, talked about this earlier on your show when we just did the pop up live. Yeah. That we got to remember that we were blowing them out for like it never got closer than two scores the entire game after we took the 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 twenty eight to fourteen lead. Once we got two scores up, it never got any closer than that. We just, well, I mean, of course, we fell asleep behind the wheel, but we still just controlled the entire game but you're right the aggression was great coop how'd you feel about the dub man how, how'd you feel about that when you got a chance to look at it after you uh got out of the middle of yeah. the mountains and all of that i'm not gonna lie we we hunted until 10 50 and then we took it back to the cabin and uh we were using uh old antenna spinning it outside you know how does it look uh but no this felt like a two half version of the uh, bedlam from last year um, where they just came out and they just went balls to the wall. Um, Yeah. We gave up the 45 and I'm going to sunshine pump for just a half a second though. Um, Feel free. We need a new punt. We need a new punt returner. And because it's, it's not that I got anything against Gavin Freeman, but What's that whole like fool me once, shame on you know you, fool me twice, shame on me. Well you can't fool me. Yeah. You have now done, you know, four or five separate muff punts. He's gotten away with a lot of stuff, but he, he you know, he gives them the the ball right there in the red zone. And then, you know, at the end of the game, you know, they, they did just hot knife through butter that last touchdown score. Uh, but you know, at the same time, we had we had young pups in there um, late in the first half and early in the second half. I know I saw, um, uh, I know that I saw a lot of uh, new faces out there. Um, I think this defense is, is, is worn out. I mean, I think that we started to kind of see what we saw last year. Um, It's, it's, you're, you're not going to completely change everything about the physical culture of the program a hundred percent, you know, in 12 months, 18 months, like you've got to build on this. And I still think that there's, we're, we're, we're getting, um, you know, taking steps forward. So that's good. But um, Dylan Gabriel, 3,660 3, yards passing. Um, you know, uh, he, he has himself a decent bowl game. He's hitting four. Um, here, I mean, it's, it's, a lot of OU fans are going to get what they're wanting. Um, Levy's gone and yeah. now Dylan Gabriel's going to roll out again. He, Dylan Gabriel is following some studs at quarterback Sands Spencer Eller. And, <laughs> uh, prior to Baker, Dylan Gabriel might be one of the best OU quarterbacks in, in history. And so just let's, let's just keep that in mind. Enjoy uh, have yourself some fun, you know, watching Dylan. Um, we didn't have to deal, do with the whole Jackson Arnold plays this game and then who plays in the bowl game and then off season full of drama. So, you know, I, I'm pretty excited about everything. Um, yeah, the, the, the regression, I, I just think the defense is, is, is injured and worn out. I get that. And, and that's a, uh, that's a good point because Dylan Gabriel put up another good game, 400 yards, he hit three beautiful deep passes, right? Just dotted, dotted mm-hmm. the receiver the way everybody likes. Didn't overthrow him, which we complain about, but he also underthrows, which we complain about. He did throw that underthrow interception at the beginning of the game, which to me was he shouldn't have thrown that pass anyway, but it was being aggressive. I appreciate it uh, in the second half, but no, we were aggressive. And that's the thing I give Lebby. Lebby calls a good game 80 to 95% of the time, right? he'll go out there and he'll just go and just aggressive balls to the walls and just boom, 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 boom. But then he'll pull it back and try to run into the box as if that's going to like trick somebody into doing something else. Right? No, it's, we, we need you to be the consistent on that aggression. And this game, he was that all game long. It was just aggressive. 
Like, I didn't feel like there was a moment that Levy showed that uh, he was trying to hold back, which I thoroughly, thoroughly, thoroughly appreciate. So, offense killed it. Defense-wise, you made a good point there. Jason, both you, Jason and Coop, mentioned this. We started playing a lot of the young guys. And when I looked at the snap counts, I mean, there was a lot of dudes getting 20-something counts, 20 counts, you know, 10, 15 counts that were young, you know, so because we were starting to play the young guys, which everybody in here now, all y'all comment, a lot of y'all have said this. Y'all have said y'all want to see the young guys, right? We got to see them. They ain't that good yet. <laughs> so we kind of got to give them some grace. But again, we never let the game get closer than two scores. And I'm okay with that. Now, we did, mm-hmm. in theory, regress as we... Um, as we got closer to the end of the season and Coop, you're right. It did feel like we were starting to see that attrition and an exhaustion kick in. We saw a lot of injuries like McCullough was down for the most part um, hurt. He, so he didn't play a lot the last two, three games. You saw some injuries with Gentry. When he got back in, the defense looked like a completely different animal. Same thing with Stutz. So a lot of our best players, when they did go out, you know, saw the noticeable differences. And when they got in, things change and so i think next season will be good we'll have experience with a lot of the younger guys and i'm ready to see what it looks like but let's give a shout out to drake stoops right i got a video that's dropping first thing in the morning about um you know that image jones raise i've been talking about right you know we need to go ahead and work on that man getting his raise and we'll talk about levy leaving in just a minute i promise but drake stoops 12 Finished to get 12 catches. Did y'all know that he's the top wide receiver in the Big 12 in catches and touchdowns and third and yards? Right. Right. It's, 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 uh, I mean, I was looking at some of the stoop stuff and, um, I, I mean, I, I literally think that I was watching football with a couple guys that, you know, obviously don't watch it kind of how we do. And they're like, uh, is Stoops going to be a first round wide receiver? And no, he's not, and I, and I'm not saying that at all. But he's like, probably better off rewind. he drafted. Yeah, let's rewind 55 years ago when he started playing football. Um, and nobody, we never, we never saw this. We never saw Drake becoming this. We saw Drake maybe, you know, kind of uh, 20 catches, maybe is the ceiling. But um, dude balled out, and and I mean, if you guys like Drake Stoops, uh, Braden Willis last year, um, you know some of the big H backs and fullbacks that we've had here in, in the past couple of years, like those glue guys, and those just get in there and make it happen. Yeah. I mean, it, it's I would love to see I would love to see Drake end up on you know with like New England um, or you know a, a Miami or somebody who's got two Kansas big receivers City. who needs him, Kansas yeah. City. Yeah, I mean, it's does he run a four one? No, um, but he can he can catch. So um, you know that they they've got all their burners, but Kansas City is just is just struggling. So, but no, he he is completely done. Um, he is completely done with eligibility, and um, and I you know I think we're gonna miss him. By the way, somebody said, I don't know if you guys brought this up. Maybe I'm jumping the gun. But uh, Levy possibly taking DG to Mississippi State. Yeah, we'll, we'll get, we're going to talk about Levy okay. leaving Just in like a minute. So, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll get into uh, the Levy left. I want to talk about the game first, then we're going to dive into that. And so, Jason, you got any Drake final thoughts before we do that? As far as Drake is concerned, I think that, you know, the thing about him is, you know, and athleticism be damned. He was a guy that was going to go out there and get you that tough catch. You know, it just mattered more to him. Um. I think he's probably better off if he doesn't get drafted because he, he'd get drafted way late and you never know. I mean, you just don't. If you get signed as a undrafted free agent kind of guy, you got a little more. You actually have more stability in the pros. Yeah. And you can go somewhere you want to go, too. So, yeah, I see him as a Julian Edelman type, you know. I think he's right. going to stack a little bit more weight onto his frame. But the guy's just that dude. He's just got that in him that he's going to go out there and play his ass off. You know, I think. The other thing that he leaves behind, and, and I think everybody's going to miss him, but I also think that he left the blueprint of what it's like just to be a leader, to go out there and to be a leader. And I think that he challenged 
a lot of the guys that he was in the room with. I mean, uh, which guy on the in that receiver room wasn't more athletic than him? You know what I mean? But yeah. he went out there and made plays week after week and showed him what it was like to get out there and, and handle business, right? Right. So that's just the way I, I feel about it. I think that's the biggest thing that you're going to miss is that part of it, the glue guy part. The, it's just that leadership, and he's, you know, no excuses, make a play. Yeah, and and to me, Mysterious Black, I'm sorry, I do completely disagree with you there. We were successful at going from 6-7 and seven to 10-2 and two with a 93% turnover yeah, on no. roster. Like we 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 got a, a lot of new players on both sides of the ball with just a few returners, right? I mean, right. you look at Drake, you look at um Farouk yeah. and some offensive linemen, couple of defensive line guys that we kept around, you know, because we needed size, Woody and Bowman. Yeah, man, we 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 turned over a lot of players. And so because yeah. of Stutz, Stutzman was also one of the first players from that class. That's a success. Absolutely. Six and seven, it's in it's a huge success. Huge success. thought that they were going to go six and seven to undefeated national champions were a little, uh, uh, you know, over their skis, I think. And I think the, the goalposts moved when you beat Texas and got to uh, 6-0. and all. Right. But yeah. The truth is you're and, probably going to fall back to the mean a little bit. Yeah, yeah. You always regress back to the mean. They're you young. always do. Right. Especially with you know, the youth that we have. And you're right, Sooner Cowboys. Stoops is going to get drafted. I think he's going to get drafted just because of his route-running ability. Always remember, these little dudes that can run good routes, they end up getting drafted because of that, right? So his ability to get open, run good routes, and create space, yeah. Oh, he's yeah. definitely going to get himself He's got drafted. a place in the league for sure. It doesn't matter whether he gets drafted or doesn't. It did, I mean, Julian Edelman didn't get drafted. He had a 15-year right. career. <laughs> you know what I mean? Exactly. No. Exactly. So, okay. Now, so let's go ahead and just move on into the next topic, which, you know, it seems the conversation is already going on without us. We're going to go. We're down to OC, guys. Jeff Levy officially officially the head coach of Mississippi State, which I think I spelled that right, um, which is uh, always fun spelling the word Mississippi. Yes, Jeff Levy is official. He's taking the job. He's going to move on. And, of course, we got to talk about who our OC is going to be. We need to talk about the changes and all of that. And so, Kim, you say this, there won't be a new system installed. That's why you stay with the staff that you have. And why I why basically we're saying that it's going to be Latrell and probably EJ as your two co OCs if Joe John Finley leaves. I mean, it's kind of weird. I'm hearing that Joe John Finley might not leave, but that doesn't make any sense if you want Latrell because Latrell's a running back tight end coach. Unless you're going to make him QB coach, I don't know why you would do that. But I digress. There's always a chance that will happen. Um, Latrell and Emmett Jones gives you the air raid system that we're running today, right? They give you the same thing that we're looking at today. And I saw somebody just say this, Jay Breeze say that you to go after a proven OC. Did you know that Seth Luttrell's offense, he had a top five offense, a top 10 offense at North Carolina um, as a proven op- uh, OC? North which is, Texas too, golly. I mean, which is why great. he got... Which is why he got the head coaching job at North Texas. That's why he got a head coaching opportunity was because... He had one had a top twenty five offense at Indiana, which is crazy to say. No Big Ten team really yeah. has a top offense. He had a top twenty five one there. Um, he had one in Arizona as well, and he had a top ten one at North Carolina in the ACC with uh, Fedora. So he's an air raid dude, just like the rest of our coaches. We ain't gonna see a difference in installment. It'll be about the same as we're used to. So, so Coop, you mentioned that yeah. you were talking about it. Thoughts? Give me your, your thoughts and feelings around it. I mean, I listen. It's it is. Um, I, I, you know, let's not get into the conspiracy theories of anything like that. But um, you know, Jeff Levy is. Uh, you know, he was an offensive lineman here. Uh, this is his alma mater. Um, he's uh, he, he's moving on. Like that that was going to be his thing um, was to was to move on. So if he comes back this next year and has Jackson Arnold and then leaves, I think it's worse. Um, you know, I don't think everybody needs to freak out. Remember, we start a 12-team playoff next year, and we want to get better. 
get better, get better, get better. And um, we're starting to see, you know, the, the only bad side about this levy leaving thing is the potential for recruiting. Um, Joe John Finley is, I mean, I hear rumors that Joe John would be one to go with him. Um, Devin, Devon Mitchell just came out and said, Hey, I'm still here, not going anywhere. Uh, mm-hmm. as Kearney did. So, uh, again, so, uh, Hank dead on. Um, I don't think it hurts us from the recruiting standpoint. Um, I didn't hear that Levy was a stellar recruiter. Um, you know, once he gets his guys, he gets good conversations going on and he's a good guy, but, uh, you know, I wish him the best and, um, let's stay off of Twitter and don't respond to dumb things, uh, like Cliff Kingsbury at Oklahoma. That ain't happening. Um, none of that, none of that stuff's happening. And cause I think that you've got, you've got a lot of offensive talent and skill, uh, from a coaching standpoint, on this roster, um, you know, don't and still don't forget about Demarco Murray. Like Demarco, um, you know, Matt uh, or uh, Matt Wells, Seth Luttrell. I mean, there's a there's a good amount of guys. Emmett Jones and Bill Beanboss. So um, this team stays together. We move in and we just start pushing, and uh, hopefully we'll see some. Uh, hopefully we'll see some um, some success out of Levy, unless he's playing us. Uh, but have at it. Um, yeah, but uh, don't 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 get too impatient if you see um, us not try to go after you know the the OC at Oregon or anything like that. Like guys, just take take time and think about like the what what Venables really is building here. And I think that uh, Latrell. I mean, I mean, Jay, you stole all my notes, so thanks about that. But um, you know, the North Carolina piece is one that not a lot of people uh, even think about. And um, you know, he had he's had success wherever he's gone, and he was a dude when he was on this team. He was that Drake Stoops type of guy, that um, that that hard worker, H back, fullback. Like he he was a man. So I mean, he he was a great leader. So I'm excited about it. And no, not Jimbo Fisher yeah. for OC. OC. No Jimbo Fisher. Oh, good. Right. Person. And Jake, um, welcome to the channel. Thanks for pulling up and joining us. Um, the anticipated announcement for replacements will probably be Monday. I wouldn't say that we're going to rush into it. I know that we'll we'll have announcements for who's going to be the replacement, who's going to be the coaches in for the bowl game. Mm-hmm. But outside of that, we probably won't hear who's the official official position until unless they say it on Monday until probably after bowl season. So I'm expecting January that number to happen. I got a video that's going to be going up tomorrow about who our man is, but yeah, I'm going to say I tend to I'm wonder say about that though. I think unless they're going to I think that you would almost unless you really think that you're going to swing for the fences here and go for a Sean Lewis or something like that. You know, uh like you said the guy at Oregon or something like that. I really think that if you're going to do that even you want to do that for the recruit's sake, try to get these guys hired in sooner than later. Yes. Um, I don't see them waiting till bowl season to do that. No, I think if they're going to stick with the guys that are in already in the program, then I think that they probably do make that. It may not be until after the conference championship game's over, but I don't think it'll be very much after when the portal's definitely going to open because I think that that's what you want to try to do is hold on to your guys there and give them any of your offensive guys that are coming. You want to kind of set their mind at ease, right? Yeah, no, that's I get you on that. Opinion. I mean, I, 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 that's my thoughts. No, I think I think you're right too. And it's it's what well, most likely for this staff and what they're going to do. I honestly, I truly believe it's going to stay internal because just, it makes it. It's an easier transition than if with Latrell and Wells, EJ and Beatenbo. Those four, just those four, and you figure it out between them. They've all been here the last couple of years in the same system as Levy does, and. Even better is Latrell and Wells both run air raid systems. That's not uh, the Bear Raid, which is what uh, Levy runs, which is basically the Art Bryles, Baylor right. Bear modified version of the air Very raid. Shoot. Like, yeah, yeah, and Latrell runs the ball a lot, which we know Levy's system is built off the run game, opening up the pass game. Latrell really is built off the run game. So you will see a lot of RPO options for Jackson Arnold. So put it like this. When Jackson Arnold made that change at the line of scrimmage and went to the slant for Farouk based upon the leverage points instead of what the run play they were going to actually do, Seth Latrell, there's a video on my Twitter account. I'll make sure you guys post it so you guys can check it out, of Latrell basically explaining that exact play. And what it is is, 
the court the the quarterback has options. It's a zone. It's RPO zone. If they stack the box, you hit that slant. If it's not stacked, you run that bad boy down. They throw. We're going to see a lot of that. And uh, I think the funny thing too is as we go through some of these comments is that I if, if there was a job that I thought that Levy was going to get, I really thought it was going to be Houston, but they moved way too slow. They could have got Levy down there in Houston. I think they instead could've. of going to uh, instead of going to Mississippi State, but they they was they was a uh, you know filling their thumbs a little too long. I think that that's why it happened though, as quickly as it did though, because I think everybody everybody knew that that um, Dana was gone. I mean, I think it's been known for weeks, right? Why they waited so long, I'm not sure about, but. Um, yeah, because I think that it, had they have done that, that you, possibly you do get it. Possibly that does happen. But then again, do you take a Big 12 job or do you take an SEC job? You know? Uh, I mean, that's a good question. You're right. I, I mean, mean, and that's, there's, there, that's a fair point. Fair I mean, point. It's, a, it's, a, it's a six and one and a half a dozen in the other when we're talking Mississippi State as the SEC job. But that being said, I still feel like one of the things that you would look at is that you you're gonna have more resources there just by just by nothing else but the the payout at the end of every year, you know what I mean? They're gonna that's gonna up everybody as far as what they have to give right then and there, right? Um, right. I I think that Houston, but Houston might have had a shot if they'd have jumped in there quick, you know? Yeah. You know. I think they went too slow. I, Houston was the job yeah. that I thought he was gonna get to. Actually, be honest, that was the one that was on my radar. And like I said, Mississippi State came up and I'm like, okay, it will make sense because that was the offense that Leach runs for the most part. It's a raid, a form of raid, the air raid. And the players there are built to run it, play in that type of system. You bring Levy in and you install it a year later, boom, you can go out there and have a top, top 10, top 15 offense in the country because they're going to put up yards. Um, and so, yeah, I was thinking that, Houston had a chance, but I think Fritz, like you said, Topher is going to end up getting that Houston job. That's the one they missed out on. Uh, Jake, to answer your question, thank you for that second question here. Is it two OCs a good idea? Yes. Just about everybody has a co-OC for the most part. That's a very common practice in college football is having two OCs, having having two position guys share the OC role, right? You don't have a guy that's only OC and no position because you only get 10 coaches on your staff. So unless you have a guy that's going to take multiple positions and everybody only uh, coach uh, uh, in, in the OC, only coaches OC, which Latrell could, he could be just OC and it could pass the QB job to somebody else on staff. Definitely not uncommon, but I don't see that happening. I think that that would be, uh, that would, that that's probably not something that you, I would expect to happen unless they decide to give Emmett Jones both QB and wide receiver duties and passing game coordinator. But most, for the most part, I think it's going to be – you'll have two – the OC, co-OCs, and you'll have – I'm sensing that it's going to be Latrell and Emmett Jones long-term. Anybody else? Coop, what you think? Yeah, um, I'm going to head out here in a second, guys. But, uh, but yeah, this is – this. listen, there's – this is a this is an opportunity for Brent Venables um, to to do pretty good. And yeah, James, I was just about to say that JP Loshman, uh, he's been working with the uh, the quarterbacks, and you know he was a good quarterback at Tulane, and he yep. spent some time in the NFL, and so I mean he knows what he's doing. Um, I'm just, you know, when you got a quarterback coach, you've got a passing game coordinator, you've got like you know I've never been too worried about the quarterback coach portion, but uh, but yeah, I'm man, I'm I'm. This is a. Uh, I'm excited about this staff going forward. I'm excited about the possibilities of bringing a couple other pe- people. Um, you know, I, I'm not too worried about the two, the two co OCs because essentially Emmett Jones is still going to work on the receivers, and that's going to be it. Like he'll he he he's basically getting the the pay raise so that he doesn't end up going somewhere else because Heartline will get a job sometime soon and I, you bet your sweet backside that they would Ohio State would come and dump the bank for Emma Jones. Oh, I can see that. And and I'm I mean, I'm surprised they don't try to jump bank keep keep Heartline. I'm I'm surprised that they don't try to find a way to give Heartline a head coaching job once they try to find a way to push uh Ryan Day out, but you know, that's just my thoughts. Hey. I thought I thought it was going to happen. 
All right, Coop, go take care of yourself, man. We will talk. Obviously, obviously I don't sound terrific. uh, So uh, appreciate you guys. Love you both. Everybody on the chat, thanks for being here. If you're watching it later, I'm probably still sick. So, um, uh, but I'll speak into existence. I'll I'll get better. All right, later, man. So you know we got Coop out here being sick. Gonna go get him get get him some uh some chicken noodle soup or something. Yeah, get himself yeah. taken care of. But no, let's uh let, let let's kind of you know break this down. I think the next thing to really look at when it comes to this job is who's the coaches that could potentially go with them. And so what I've been hearing is that the biggest rumor out there is it's most likely going to be some position coaches, right? Right. And I totally get why it would be, you know, some position coaches because I don't see anybody else in staff actually leaving. And so because of that, I'm wondering if it's if Joe John Finley is probably the position coach, I say that he that goes with them, right? Yeah, so if we talk in so. staff, I think Joe John Finley follows. Um I think that if you go analysts and quality control. Oh, there was one of the wide receiver guys that we just hired recently from Kansas. He probably will follow. I can see Phil Lockhart getting his first position job as an offensive line coach with Levy there. Yeah, Big Phil. Yeah, Big Phil could definitely go. I think Story is Um, about that earlier. Y'all, really? Yeah, see, now that makes sense. I could totally see Big Phil following him because this will be his first position job. And then he can go ahead and take it, be in Mississippi State, grow that line, do what he do his thing, and you know we may right. get him back one day. I don't know, but that's what I consider. Who else you think position wise would be would make sense that would uh, or analyst wise would make sense to go with him? I mean, some of the ones you've heard that make a little bit of sense maybe uh, would be maybe I could see Jay Valai being his DC uh, if that was gonna if he was gonna move it would be for that. Right, he's not yeah. just going for anything. I don't think you. I don't think you leave for the same job you have here. Um, that being said, I mean, you know, I honestly, as far as I, I, I keep hearing the same thing as uh, Joe John. Uh, I mean, and that makes sense. He was the best man at his wedding. You know what I mean? I, I feel like that's going to probably happen. Um, and then Big Phil, I, I think that that's those are the ones you keep hearing. So, to me. I could see some of these guys that are possibly analysts, some of these guys that, you know, I mean, I don't even know the names of all these guys. The, the staff gets bigger and bigger all the time, you know? <laughs> so Yeah. Oh, yeah. We've got like a hundred like staff members on there just as the, uh, the other, analysts and stuff. Hell, I forgot J.P. Lossman was on the staff. J.P. Lossman. As, as, uh, as an offensive assistant. Yeah. And look, I, I could definitely see – look, here's the other thing. you got to remember that, uh, to me – I wouldn't be super surprised if you heard Kendall Bryles was headed that way with him. You know, uh, Kendall has hopped jobs. He hasn't been anywhere longer than a year in about, what, five? You know? Yeah. Uh, I can see him doing that, especially if he's going to get to go. And I mean, you would obviously, he'd he'd be giving up play calling, but I think that you probably want to do that anyway. Right? Yeah. And, you know, hey, I mean, we were kind of joking about it on, uh, on Discord earlier, but I mean, you know. His old Art Bryles, uh, you know the the <laughs> is is he working as a analyst quote or you know slash uh, the boss? <laughs> I don't know. I'm just joking around, really. But honestly, I think that I I wouldn't be that surprised to see any of the guys that were either with him at UCF or even Ole Miss that are kind of headed that way too. And the then the Bryles tree is pretty spread out. You know, I, I think it is. You know, he's had guys that have left and and worked with him before. I, I would just see, I could see that that could happen. Now, as far as Jay Valai, I mean, I could be wrong about that. I don't know. I'm just saying, I I don't think that he leaves unless he was. But if you get an opportunity to become a coordinator, then you might. You know. Yeah, and I don't see Valai going there as a coordinator. Uh, I don't. I don't see him getting that position. Um. Today, now, if there was a defensive coach that I could sense potentially going, I would have said Brandon Hall, and that's because Hall's been Brandon a defensive Hall. coordinator at uh, he was a defensive coordinator at Troy. He's done the play calling before. That would be someone that makes sense. I like that. But I sense here that we really um, like him, and I can totally see him getting elevated to defensive coordinator here before he leaves. 
Okay. Uh, I, again, I think that most of these guys came in wanting to work for Venables when it comes to the defensive side of the ball. I think that if the guys that you might see leaving would be the guys that are on the offensive staff that he brought, you know, and, and some of those. But I also feel like I think a lot of people have been saying throughout the day, uh, whether it's on my stream or I've seen it a lot on Twitter, it feels like the reason that Latrell and Matt Wells and guys like that are already on the staff as analysts is because this was probably expected, you know, coming into the season. Don't I mean? Right. I don't think he was ever a long term plan. Is the point? So, you know, <laughs> I totally get this, Seth. You want to know about that uh, that special teams guy? And I don't even know. So I know that uh, that's Jay Nunez is the special teams uh, assistant. And see, yeah, I think special teams analyst. Uh, I think we'll get that figured out. I think that that's going to change on the defensive uh, moving forward and special teams. We'll get that part figured out to where we no longer have uh, a lot of muffed punts going forward. So I don't think you need to be concerned about that part. <laughs> but outside of that, no, I think the only ones that would follow Levy, and it was been mentioned by reports, I think George Stoya tweeted yeah. it out, that it's going to be more so analysts and stuff, people looking to get into their first jobs, which makes sense. Like, I would expect those guys to follow him because why not? It's a great opportunity. Yeah. So, but there's a long list of OCs we can go with. And so the question here, who was it? Uh, Boomer 1099. Nah, this ain't a rerun stream. We're not, we're not going back into AB talks. But I do, I have seen a lot of people ask the question about Devon Mitchell. Devon tweeted out, for those that have not seen this, Devon has already tweeted out that he's locked in. He ain't going nowhere. Um, he retweeted what our boy, um, uh, David Stone had already posted yeah. and said, you know, on God, they basically all aren't, ain't none of them going nowhere. We good on the recruit side. A lot of people are concerned. Oh, we're going to lose a whole bunch of recruits behind this. No, we're not. We're not. We're not. We're not losing anybody. Uh, there's, 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 there's no one for us to lose. And somebody mentioned in here, Jamar you know, Kane. I feel like the difference is. I feel like the difference in this in this and what you saw with is the entire difference of the culture. The culture, you know, these guys weren't allowed to commit until they were all the way committed to the program, not to the not to a coach, to the program, to the way of doing things, to being a sooner. And the more we've talked about that, I think over the last few days and these guys, we've, we've talked about it how, uh, last year even, you know, the last year's class, the way that they were so tight together. And this class is just like that too, you know, that they, they're they big. You know, they're big on that. Uh, we're hearing some things about some possible flips of guys that we were hoping to get and maybe we didn't think we were going to get. I've heard some different things out there that it may even get better. But what I would tell you is, is that any of the guys that don't end up staying are probably not guys that you wanted. And probably not guys that, that were really bought into this culture. And that's what it's going to take in order to become a championship program is that you do things the same way all the time. You get the guys that fit your program all the time, period. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if you, if you compromise on that because you have a coach leave, then you're going to be compromising on that shit all the time because they always leave. Right. Yeah, and, and that's going to be happening to us going forward. If you produce high-powered offenses or defenses, you're going to start losing staff members. The only thing about our defensive side of the ball is we know that it's mainly Venables running things, so you probably won't lose very many of those. But offensively, oh, yeah, people will try to poach. I, I, I've said, I think Emmett Jones is one that people are trying going to try to poach eventually, but the good thing is, is he told us when he took the job that he came here to win, win stuff with Venables, and he ain't going nowhere for a while. Uh, Jet, you mentioned Jamar Kane. Kane ain't leaving the NFL. One, two, he's not gonna upgrade the ends by um, by coming here. I, I think our edges are just fine. We've got a lot of young players, and so we're building on that. A lot of five star pluses. We're we're growing in that area. Jamar Kane won't do that for us. We've already got that. He's been here for a while. And I don't. I haven't seen him do it yet. So the good thing is, is that we're. We're going in the right direction. I mean, a lot of y'all don't want to believe that, but we we did finish the season ten and two. 
that that tells me that we're going in the right direction. And so let's talk about these recruits, though. I know everybody's concerned. So Devon Mitchell mentioned that he ain't going nowhere. We've already seen that. Um, we've already seen that. Michael Hawkins. We've seen Hawkins. He just recently did something today and was mm-hmm. talking about how him coming back, coming to OU here in, because he's a, also an early enrollee. Devon Mitchell's an early enrollee. David Stone's an early enrollee. Daniel is going to be an early enrollee. So your defensive line guys. I believe Nigel Smith's going to be an early enrollee. The good thing is, is that the one player that everyone was really concerned about was Mitchell because in the tight end room, we haven't done the best. I've heard a couple of rumors around that, that certain players would will be looking to come here if the staff does turn over at the tight end position. But until that happens, I'm not going to speak on to it, but I don't think Devine Mitchell's a problem. I think Devine Mitchell was, he's already tweeted he's locked in. I think he's locked in. He said he's not going anywhere. 100%. Right. That's that's his word. That's from him. That's his words. Now, I mean, of course, we're talking about like you know, eighteen year olds. So, sure, yeah. Zion Curdy dropped his tweet that he's all in. Thank you, Hank, for posting that. Uh, Yes, Brian, definitely Hawk is is a legacy. Stoney's Gucci and Jackson. He said Jackson Jackson Arnold. It has it has no effect on Jackson. He's a sooner. Yeah, and I did see somebody point out that um, Mississippi State think they're going to be able to steal Kevin Sperry. No, he wasn't even. A, he wasn't even a freaking Lebby guy. His family lived moved here specifically for OU. Yes. Like, like I again, Lebby does a great job in what he does when it comes to recruiting. I don't think most recruits came here specifically because of him. His offense, maybe, but we have that exact same thing. And like I said, Zion Kearney touched a ONG on God because uh, David Stone posted what he posted. We ain't got to worry about that. Yeah. Yeah, Devon right. Mitchell said, and, and who said that? Up? Boomer 129. Devon Mitchell is locked in. He said those words. I'm locked yeah, in, right. not going anywhere, Boomer Sooner. Yeah, and he did. You know, this is true about Emmett coming in here because of the OC job and opportunity to learn. He wanted the head coaching job at Kansas when he was there, and they didn't give it to him. And so uh, the only thing about Emmett Jones is he's got to get the experience. Yeah. And he gets the experience. That dude's good. He's golden, right? He's one Um, of those guys you see being a head coach real soon, actually. Right. He's one that may even bypass and go right to head coach. I have seen his name being thrown around for the UTEP job. I really hope he doesn't consider that that's probably not a place you want to go coach as a first time coach and think you're going to survive because you're probably going to end up getting fired. Right. It's one of those jobs that people traditionally get themselves fired for. Um, now Kim, this is an interesting one. Does DG leave and go, I'm going to be honest. I really think DG goes to the NFL and I say it this way. I don't think DG goes to start anywhere, but I think he's a good, capable backup in the NFL. And you know one team that could probably use someone like him, being that he's a lefty and plays in a similar type of game? The Dolphins, baby. Put him right there behind Tua. Here's the thing. Here's the thing about that, Jason. Let me just ask you what you think about it. It's a deep class, right? It's a deep class. That a, A backup job isn't going anywhere, you know? Right. And, and I think that he is... We all know how how you heard a lot of the stories out of UCF of how much he was pushing and campaigning for Jeff to get the job there, right? And yeah. a lot of them think that he kind of sabotaged once he didn't get the job, and that's why he didn't play. They, there was reports out there that I don't know that I buy any of this, but yeah. that he acted hurt when he wasn't hurt anymore because he wanted to play for Levy only, right? Even though, and the the reports were that Gus even said, you know, hey, he was changing his offense for him. That being said, that if any of the, if there's a little bit of truth to that, that means that he is super super loyal, and we know that he is to Jeff Lebby. He loves Jeff Lebby, and if he can go and help and stay in, and I don't think he's in a big hurry to go to the NFL anyway. I don't even think that it's his biggest uh, goal. He said before that he's more interested in helping. Kids and and helping train kids, maybe being a coach himself at some point. I I feel like he's that kind of guy that he wants to go back to Hawaii and coach and do some stuff like that. 
I can see him staying in college and helping Jeff out, at least with the install, maybe even out there a year. And and again, I feel like this draft class is that deep that do you even go early enough to where you are a backup? You know? Yeah. I mean, it seems like it seems like a great idea, but do you want a second guy that's small and lefty and doesn't have a monster arm? Because I mean, I mean his arm's okay I- and he's pretty accurate. But we know that he's if his time is off, he's underthrowing it. You know, and I get that. I mean, the big most important thing you need though in the NFL is to you need to get that ball out quick and get it accurately thrown. I mean, strong arms are awesome when you oh, know you're gonna get time. And the Dolphins' offensive line, I don't know about. Just gonna say true, that. True, true. But yeah. and I and this is what I think too. I think he's gonna be a good coach. I think he his think whole he's his leader. whole thing is gonna be yeah. He's a leader. He's gonna be a great GA QB coach in in college football and hell i could totally see him get promoted to you know moving towards an oc job in the next five years right he's one of those brains that i think can do that he's just gonna somebody's gonna give him a job now i think the opportunity will go with him in mississippi state and will rogers is gonna i think will rogers stays in the portal i don't see him coming back well i think if they were gonna get him back it's this is how they do it right because it's a, more like the, I mean, they were in a pro style offense this year, which was nothing like what he was used to. He barely threw the ball. That's true. Which <laughs> that must have been so crazy for him. But maybe that's why. I mean, maybe that's part of the reason they went back to you know trying to get something. I, and it's not the same as as what Leach's system was, but I think it's more similar to it than definitely than what they were in. I don't know that. I don't know that he comes back though either. I think he's. But Will's pretty good, man. Will's pretty good. He, the dude, pretty good leader himself, you know. And he had a decent arm, real accurate. Yeah, right. I'm w- I'm wondering if you would would see any 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 if Will Rogers would consider going back because he's definitely going with. I mean, he's going to a good. I mean, he'd be going to a good system, for yeah. what he is. Sure. Yeah, I loved uh, Brian Weber's. Because somebody was asking about whether uh, Okoye was locked in, I loved uh, what what Brian Weber says. He says Danny isn't just locked in. He, and I saw this post. He posted a, uh, a video. Video. Yeah. That video whipping the shirts over the the UT shirts over it was awesome. <laughs> yep. Was he awesome. walked in, saw a whole bunch yeah, of Texas shirts, and turned them upside down. That just made me scream, and I laughed so hard. I was laughing really hard at that one. Yeah, good stuff. Uh, so the A and M circus is still continuing. Oh, yeah. Well, apparently it's over. Elko. So they finally did hire Elko. Elko. Yeah. That's the announcement. Elko is official, officially official. Because that's the one thing I don't believe is that they're yeah. capable of actually getting it done and get it done right. Well, I told you earlier what I thought about that. I thought that, I mean, first off, I think they're all crazy. But uh, yeah, it's it is head according to on three. It's Texas A and M ended up in a fine place with Mike Elko as head coach, but the Aggies hiring process lacked logic. Yeah, well, what that's not a big surprise, right? <laughs> Look, uh, I'm surprised that they got as good a guy on this deal as they did. To be honest with you, I told you earlier I felt like the guys that they should have gotten were either Elko, Trailer, or Willie Fritz. And so I didn't think they'd get any of them. So I think it's probably better than we expected. That's that. Elko was the number one pick for me for them. It made the most sense. Yeah. He coached there. Mm -hmm. Right. There's probably still people pissy about it down there, though. Yeah. I mean, let me see. How long was he at? uh, How long was he at? At, at, as a, well, how long was he at? At Duke, this was, he was there for three years. Year. So, but his second year at, at Duke, but he was at, he, was Duke, at he immediately won, right? He was there, yeah, yeah, yeah. He started immediately. He went a nine and four last year, and then you know this year he's seven and five. You know because of injuries, right? They probably would have won another three games anyway. Oh yeah, they they win ten games if they didn't lose their quarterback, Easy. right? Mm-hmm. So no, Elko is definitely a first off. He's a very good hire, yeah, and. I mean, he did. I liked him at, at you Wake recruited Forest. a lot of those guys already. And he yeah. helped recruit a lot of those guys, especially because he, he's going to keep E-Rob. Now, I know a lot of people are going to jump in the comments and talk about all these players at uh, Texas A&M that we would love to get our hands on, but 
unfortunately, ain't none of them gonna leave if they keep um, if they keep E Rob. If yeah, Elijah Robinson is there, we're done. Yeah, I didn't think it. I mean, you hadn't seen anybody enter the portal anyway, really, of significance. You were talking about that at the group chat. I hadn't seen yeah. nothing. None of the guys you wanted were leaving. And because they were all dedicated to Erop, I mean that's, that's yeah. They're all they were all waiting to see, all of them. They were they were all waiting to see what happens to Erop. I know the I know I've got my guy down in uh, New Orleans area, and he was he's the guy that I talked to about LSU stuff. McKinley's haven't wavered. They said as long as Erop was there, he was going to be there. I, I he's not going anywhere. So. It is what it is. Wow. And now you see uh, Lane Kiffin is really trolling his boy. Of course he is. He is trolling his boy, which is the funniest <laughs> thing in the world. <laughs> what else do what else would he do? This is what Lane does. I saw him post a picture of uh he posted that picture of Jeff Levy wearing the the sip socks, mm-hmm. which is the funniest thing in the world. He's telling him, Welcome to the other sip. Yeah. And it's like hilarious that he's going to be over there um terrorizing his boy yeah there i'm seeing a lot of dana holgerson for oc no 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 <laughs> who I, so i think i'm gonna that, say this though maybe i think he's a good coach i think he's a hell of an offensive coach i just don't know that he fits what they're trying to do i don't know if he's a culture fit i just don't Dedic- dedicated to e-rob because the bags have been flowing from other places too, and they won't take them. It's Erop. They're dedicated to oh, Erop in the bag there. That's 100. Because I put it to you like this: the rumor that's going around is a lot of those players are pissed off about their bags at A and M, but they're only sticking around because of Erop. Yeah. yeah. And yes, his dad literally just told OU Daily this morning that Jackson Arnold is an Oklahoma quarterback. Yeah. And you got to think about this too, folks. This is a rebuild for sure. No matter what, in down there, and there, he can be the starter you. here. He can be the starter here. I wouldn't mind that one, but I don't know that anybody else would be okay with it. I would not like Bobby Petrino here. He had, he has I enough drama in his life. Up. The dude can draw it up, but yes, do you want that, do you want that cat? And it's the same kind of the same way that I feel about about Dana. Dana's not him, but I think there's different issues there, right? Um. Let me look at the college football stats on how uh, Texas A&M's offense has produced this season with uh, Bobby Petrino. How much of it was was Bobby really the 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 guy in charge of that? (laughs) I mean, fifty fourth in the country, so dead smack in the middle. Four hundred three a yard, hundred four hundred three yards per game. Look at their scoring offense. For Texas A&M, twenty sixth in scoring offense, thirty four points a game. Quarterback real early though too. Yeah, 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 yeah. You lose a lot. You lose your quarterback, which is why their yards in the pass game is at 42nd in the country. Not not too big on the pass, but, you know, his run games are not, you know, too bad. What's his run game look like? I'm looking at all of the stats for them gaggies, as we call them. 89th in the run game. And we've seen the five-star running backs they've landed. Right. It, it Well, and here's the thing, though, but I, I would also – look, first off, I don't think that he's the guy for here. Oh, absolutely. I don't I don't think that he's a BV guy. I don't think that, that that would work. He's more I thought that it would work out okay with him and Jimbo because they're both freaking used car salesmen. Aside from that, you know, they are. They're both they're both yeah. Yeah. Now yeah, this yeah. one I would I love to have, but it's hundred percent unrealistic. No chance that dude leaves Michigan without the head coaching job first. Oh no. Why would you? He just he, proved yeah. that he can out coach freaking Ryan Day. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Erod, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sharon Moore is 100% there. The problem you run into also is Sharon Moore. Did y'all like Michigan's offense this year? And I'm just asking that as a legitimate question for everybody in the chat. Please hop in there and tell me what y'all think. Did y'all actually like Michigan's offense this year? I don't hate it. I don't hate it, but I, it's not anything like an Oklahoma offense. You're you're completely changing everything up. You're not throwing hardly at all. Right. It's all smash mouth, just like uh, Mad Dog Mac just posted in here about Mangino. Yeah. yeah. That's what you basically get out of 
out of out of Sharon Moore as your offensive coordinator. It's it's mm-hmm. I Michigan was 59th in the country in offense at averaging 394 yards a game. Look, they run the hell out of it, and they and look, you could you know, do that. that. You could yeah. do that. Well, oh, I agree. If you're talking about keeping the quarterbacks that you got, is that what you want to do? No. Because they're these are guys that are RPO mesh, throw the football. This uh, every one of these guys do that, and JJ doesn't. <laughs> Fair point. I mean, they, they did win games. Yes, yeah, yeah. And JJ's a five-star quarterback. The guy can throw it, but he doesn't throw it much. They don't have him throw it. It's like they don't trust him to throw it. So I'm curious if it, that would be a good offense in the SEC. Though I don't feel like it would be. Like, even oh. Saban's tried to do that, and it hasn't worked very well. Most of these defenses are ready for that in the SEC. I think the closest I mean, one to it would be Georgia that's worked, but it but they've also added a lot more fire firepower on the outside and, and throwing the ball to tight ends a lot more. They've opened it up a lot more. They're, they're definitely run heavy. Because it's Georgia, you should be run heavy. Georgia? You're right. You got to be run heavy there, right? But I just still don't I – don't, I don't think – I think that that's a complete – if we're talking about continuity, that's not where you're headed. Right. Yeah. One of those you don't yeah, I don't I don't feel that it makes sense to ride with a pro style dude, bro. <laughs> He's a yeah. pro style dude. Sharon's a pro style dude. I think that there's a place for that. I do. I liked what Jonathan Smith was doing. I think that Michigan State did a great job getting Jonathan Smith because I think that that was really good. That being said, uh, again, it depends on what you want. If you're a BV and you want to keep things as they are and you want to keep all the guys you have, you better keep it like it is. And I don't think that that's – look, I like that coach, I think, but I think he's going to be a head coach. Now, if there was an OC I would like, Sean Lewis would be dope here. Absolutely. He can draw things up. I mean, look at what Shadur Sanders did this past season yards-wise. That dude was – he's one of the top quarterbacks in the what country happened? statistically. <laughs> Five and points. he pulled him out, and what happened? It looked like doggy do. Five points. Right. Shadour played in 11 games. He averaged 293 yards passing in a, game, in a season, 27 yep. touchdowns, 3,200 3, yards, and 69% completion percentage. He had a really good year, and he only threw three interceptions. You could do that here. And he's an air raid dude. Yeah. So, I mean, you, you keep that in the house. So, no, I would not mind having a Sean Lewis here. I think that Listen, would be I think that you need to at least make that phone call and see his interest, gauge his interest a little bit. Maybe right. have a chat with him. Um, but the truth is, is I don't know that you lose anything, even with Matt Wells. I, I mean, I know we hadn't spoken a lot about Matt Wells. I like Matt. Right. Matt right. was winning so, at Texas Tech. He was winning there. So so the type of offense that oh, Seth runs, he runs an air raid. He is a Mike mm-hmm. Leach descendant. But he, he likes runs to an run air raid, too, right? heavy RPO, lots of run. Mm-hmm. He does a lot of power run, RPO, air raid. He is literally the same offense that uh, Lebby basically runs, except for Lebby's modified version. It's called the Bear Raid, which is more of the Art Browse, Baylor Bear (laughs) offense, which is a little different. So there's a difference between the two. Slight. Okay. Same thing. Yeah, I I think that's what you're – yeah, the whole deal – Look, I, th- I think the fact that he runs the same thing, and he they've already been here. I think that continuity in and of itself, even if he's going to put a little bit of his own wrinkle on it, which you probably want him to do anyway, I think that he's he spent seven years calling plays as the head coach at, at North Texas. They only averaged under 30 points twice, and one was in the first year when they didn't have it. And he did this without – he was one of the top ten offenses in the country, what, five times out of seven years, I think it was. And the thing was is that he did that with less talent than what you'll what you'll ever have here, right? You're not gonna get it's North Texas. You know what I mean? You're gonna get conference USA guys for it's the true. most part. That's who you get. And probably back then it was more Sunbelt, which is even worse. So I mean, to me, I think that the and the same goes with Matt Wells. Look at what he did at Nevada. Uh, 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 no, it was Utah State, right? Utah State is where yeah. Wells was. There's a yeah, reason Utah why State and Texas Tech. They wanted him at Tech bad for that reason. And look, they were really good on offense. I mean, 
I just think that the main thing was with him was that I don't for whatever there wasn't a great culture fit there at Tech. I don't know if the, he wasn't getting along with their. I don't, and I don't think the AD was the one that the new AD is not the one that hired him or something. Is what that kind of came down to, and I think that it just kind of blew up somewhere that they just didn't get along. I like Matt Wells though, but I also am a big fan of a big fan of uh, Emmett. I think Emmett Jones is a good guy. Uh, listen, Coach loves him. Coach loves him. He he's talked about him a lot. He's another one of those skyline guys. He knows all about his career. He says he's a superstar. I believe you. And give him right. a shot. Give him a shot. Why not? That and I'm here for that. I'm here for that. So um, so that that answers your question, Clara. To Clara, that's the the key thing is he's he he ran Carolina Fedora. He was underneath Larry Fedora, who also runs yes. uh, Air Raid. Larry Fedora was good, man. He was one of those guys that was the one of the godfathers of it, you know? Yep. Yeah, and remember, uh, Fedora ran his offense at Baylor, which the Bear Raid back with, um, yeah. It's a high-scoring attack offense. All, all, those, all those philosophies are the same. Let's put it like that. They're all like wrinkles and pieces together that they do. Mario in here trying to pick a fight. Talk about Matt Canada. <laughs> Wait, Mario. Yeah. Are you a Steelers fan? You must. Are you a Steelers fan? You got to be a Steelers hate, fan. He must hate Oklahoma. <laughs> He's talking. Door's about- probably my favorite last name. Yeah, and yeah. the uh, I, I would I would like us to get to that point too. Um. Yeah, I would like us to get back to that. And Jet, point that out. Good thing to point out is power run, a lot of RPO. A lot of RPO. Um, yeah. Because of that. So, and John, you're right. 100% Emmett Jones is one that I'm looking at or whatnot. Cole, I'm going to fight you. I know yeah. you've been around here long enough to understand. We don't talk about Joe Brady here. Joe Brady hates recruiting. He He ain't even worth your time. Those any of those NFL dudes, man, unless they just hate the NFL that or the and they love working eleven months out of the year, they're right not going back to college. And that's the big thing you run into with those a lot of those coaches is that he ain't trying to do it because he ain't trying to work that much. Like he ain't got to. Like why why work that much if you if you ain't got to? That's the beautiful part. One of the Godfathers, Boomer. How Mummy is the Godfather of the air rate, but it's changed yeah. a lot under Leach and the guys that have. Taking it on after that. How mummy. Yeah. I know how mummy. He's a good dude. He's crazy. Uh he's a little crazy. But yeah, <laughs> Scott Frost. That's pretty funny. I like that one too. Somebody mentioned Scott Frost. Okay, there it is. Somebody a few people's mentioned Scott Frost, and I'm just gonna say, nah, Scott Frost ain't ain't one. I would like Scott Frost to come here as an analyst. Huh? I would like to, I would like Scott Frost to be here as an analyst. I would love for Brent Venables to open up the school of rehabilitation like um like uh Nick Saban has. That way we've always got somebody in the chamber. You cannot complain about that. That's a great system. And that's how you had Lane Kiffin and Sark end up at uh Alabama and they were able to just bring in elite talent. That's definitely what you want to do. So I'm totally for that. Go. All love, bro. All love. You know that. I had to give you crap because I've had a couple people mention about the Joe Brady, and I keep telling everybody, dog, that dude hates recruiting. He's not even somebody worth even thinking about. So, um, all right, I think we're going to wrap it up. We're going to talk probably about championships and playoffs and stuff once that actually gets settled. We'll we'll definitely have a show on asking, that. Uh, uh, Seth was asking about these this weekend's games, the pick for the four championship games. Who's going to win them? Uh, I'm gonna pull that up. We'll do that Wednesday night, or do it on Jason's show, possibly the we'll Tuesday, Tuesday or Thursday. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Actually, we'll do let's do it Thursday. Let's do it Thursday. I'll be on there definitely on Thursday. We'll okay. do that at the end of the week because I need to think about this a little bit more. I don't want to give a knee jerk reaction because I'm not sure yet on um who's actually going to win these games because that Oregon-Washington game, dog, that's going to be a good one. And we can't sleep on Louisville-Florida State, especially because Florida State ain't got no no quarterback. So that I definitely disagree with. It works. Um, Lane Kiffin was doing it at uh, Alabama. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's just a different look. There's different spins on it, anyways. It's it's yeah. not the same thing that How Mummy brought in. They never and Leach Leach was say how many times have you did you hear Leach talking about that Lincoln didn't run the air raid anymore? That wasn't the air raid because they ran the damn ball too much. Yeah, That's Lincoln it. Lincoln's iteration is a is is the, right. uh, the tempo and all of that. So yeah, he. I mean, Everybody remember Lincoln says, Arts, is different. Arts is different than all of those guys is too. Lebby's is different than, than Lincoln's is. It's a, Larry Fedora. Is, none of them are really the same, man. That some right. of them, and even some of them even have different verbiage, you know. But it's all it's all based on one thing. But it all went somewhere else, you know. In the end, yep. That's exactly it. So, yeah, it's a very fascinating setup and what um, what we've got going forward. And so we'll wrap this bad boy up. Thank y'all for pulling up as uh, usual. We appreciate it. Uh, Cole, that's some pretty good ones. I love everybody's pieces on here. This is some good stuff. And, and definitely Tennessee has done it as well. Yeah, Lincoln was very balanced. And we still got Beatonbo, who was one of his co-OCs. So, yeah. I wouldn't be that surprised if they made him an OC at some point, too. Yeah. The big thing with the air raid is that it doesn't work in the SEC if you ain't got a defense to make it work. So, anyway, yeah. we'll wrap it up. We'll get up out of here. Physicality is the key, too. It's all about physicality. You got to have a defense that can actually stop somebody. And we're getting there. Like, you're going to have your Nigel Smiths, your David Stones, your Daniel Coyes on top of all the players we've got now and the transfers we're going to bring into that defensive line. It's going to be good stuff. Nigel Smith. Oh, man, I'm so excited. So thanks boy. for pulling up. Y'all enjoy y'all's evening. Make sure you go check out the Hall of Fame college football sh um, uh, show. It's uh, sorry, hosted by Jason and the coach. Can't get out my system. Yeah. <laughs> it's 8.30. Y'all know where it's at. Yeah, y'all know what it's at. Most of y'all follow both of us. And if you don't, go check them out. They be doing some good stuff. And yes, Fatty, I'm going to get some rest for a change because I'm still there's gonna be a lot of coaching changes in the next 24 hours so keep your eyes open for that but outside of that thanks for pulling up we'll chop it up soon peace